Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church and I'm so happy and grateful to be sharing with you today because think about what else we could be doing. We could have our faces buried in social media. I could be staring at my phone. I could be reading about all the bad news that the news services will give me. I could even be reading some good news on a good news station as well. But instead, here I am, I'm immersing my mind and my awareness in positive media, positive messages, and you're making that choice as well. So I'm really grateful that you love yourself and respect yourself enough to take time out of your busy day, take time out of your usual preoccupations and tune into something that really shifts your awareness, shifts your mood and shifts your genes. There's an amazing study that was published recently that I so wanted to share with you. I was struck by this because the researchers are using a clock not any kind of clock, they're using a gene clock to see how old people are. Now, we all have a chronological age, and you can tell people, oh, I'm 17 years old, I'm 35, I'm 72, that's your chronological age, but there's a biological age as well, and your biological age can be very, very different from your chronological age. Meditators, especially seasoned advanced meditators, often have a biological age, their cells are much younger than their chronological age. In one of the meditators I talk about in my book, This Brain, his name is Minjur Rinpoche. He has been meditating since he was a little boy. And in his 40s, he had the biological age of somebody nine years younger. Now imagine if your skin wrinkled at nine years younger, your muscle mass and your bone density was nine years younger. All of those things can shift based purely on your consciousness. So in this particular study, these researchers who were at Yale University built a clock, which they called Grimage. And Grimage measures your biological age. They looked at the biological age of 444 people aged between 19 and 51. And they found that if people were stressed, that their biological age was more advanced than their chronological age. Stress was literally aging them. And they found that showed up in the form of factors like anxiety, depression, addiction, diabetes, obesity, and heart disease. It also affected their ability to think clearly and to regulate their emotions. So they then said, well, we know that stress accelerates your biological clock. What happens with people who are good at managing stress, that use the stress management tools we talk about at EF Universe, like tapping and meditation? What happens when you're using those tools to reduce your levels of stress? And they found exactly the opposite effect. Those people who were using stress reduction tools had lower levels of all those ailments and they literally slowed down their biological clock. They were aging much, much less quickly. My mentor, Norm Sheely, who is founder of the American Holistic Medical Association, said if you add the 
optimism studies and the spirituality studies and the prayer studies and the diet studies and exercise studies and do all the right things, add them together cumulatively, it makes a difference of 40 years in your lifespan. So by being here, by sharing these tools, by listening to the show, you literally have the chance to change your biological reality. And I'm grateful to you for making that choice. It truly can make the difference in your long-term health and well-being. So I am delighted today to welcome Miriam Padinsky. She is a student right now and also a teacher at Brown University. She is a mentor for EF Universe. She also has strong interest in both of the things we focus on at EF Universe, both healing trauma and also in advanced spiritual and mental states. Miriam, it's such a thrill to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Dawson. Likewise, it's such an honor and always such a joy speaking to you. It's fun. And I didn't know until I talked to you recently about mentoring that you were so into spirituality as well as EFT. And I'm just curious as to what led you to that dual focus. Dual um, focus. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I mean, my spiritual journey really started at a very early age because I, I grew up meditating in ashrams and different meditation settings. But there was also a lot of other things involved in my life, which led to complex PTSD. And there was a lot of trauma and there was a lot of abuse. So a lot of complex things happening, you know, like both kind of the the spiritual connectivity and the spiritual connection and really feeling at a very young age that foundation and meditating with masters while also experiencing neglect and abandonment and emotional abuse and physical violence so all these things so as a young adult without tools to support me with my pain i repressed the hurt and suffering as of course we do and and i also sometimes just experienced a disconnect within those spiritual communities where something that we may call spiritual bypassing just happened a lot where i said okay but there is suffering in the world and i feel suffering within myself and and i felt deeply that we needed to look and work through and move through the suffering to release it. So I think that's really where this where this combined and and this is actually which leads me also how did kind of my EFT journey start, you know, in combination with the spirituality and actually it started with you Dawson because I remember I did, you know, I very soon knew that my purpose was to create a sort of healing practice very early but I did not know what tool I was going to have. And I was looking for a tool. And somehow I ended up seeing you in the Transcendent series. And I I remember seeing you and feeling your warmth and your presence. And I also felt this, your consciousness and your, your conscious embrace of the suffering journey to move and to move through the suffering journey to reach a point of spiritual enlightenment and that very much embracing this and um, one thing led to another and I didn't very little did I know that two years later I would be sitting here here (laughs) 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 but it just happened and then all of a sudden I I look through my bookshelf and there's all these philosophy and literature books and some of course a lot of spiritual books as well and then all of a sudden I find a book a German book on EFT tapping and I and I was like, I moved here through over the Atlantic to the US to Providence to, to do my PhD at Brown. And I did not 
remember packing this book and <laughs> I look at this book and I, and I remember that um, years ago an, an EMDR therapist had given me that book and said, this is a great tool for you to use. But I did not feel the empowerment to use this as a tool. But I still somehow this book ended up being here. And then I, I, I remember I contacted the tapping solution and they said, you have to go to EFT Universe, Dawson Church. And then there was this deadline for signing up for your certification and it was the next day. And I, <laughs> I, and I was like, and wow. I was like, I can't, I don't have any, I don't have money. I'm a PhD student with two kids, international PhD student. I don't have money to sign up to a certification tomorrow. And I remember I was in Cape Cod with a friend of mine who's also a meditator. And she said, well, you need a sign. And she asked me, what is your sign? What is your universal sign? And I was like, what do you mean my universal sign? And she said, your universal sign. And I was like, very intuitively said, my universal sign is a whale. And I sit at the beach with her. We meditate. My kids are, are playing in the sand. And all of a sudden, I see a whale breach across the horizon, an actual whale. <laughs> and still my friend and my friend was like, do you need it to be any more obvious? <laughs> and that's how that's how that's how I got, um, you know, this journey with with you started. Wow, what a powerful <laughs> story. And what a, an amazing symbol to have a whale breach and that be your your confirmation. It's interesting too. We do ask the universe for signs like that. Sometimes they they really do appear. I just want to uh, go back a, a moment there because you, you said a number of, of intriguing things. One was that healing from trauma is a journey, and that's a really important idea. Is that's not an event; it's a journey, and that you you realize you could you could do that. Um, share more about that process of healing as a journey. So. I mean, first of all, I think this is an integral part of healing is to to rather than constantly striving to be being somewhere where you feel you're not right now, to come to a place where you can actually embrace your journey with love and compassion and where you feel safe feeling emotions and feeling feeling events bubbling up on the way to you know to releasing those traumas completely at a certain point and and i think that's also that's really you know that journey is is a really it's it's a really important aspect because i think we we talk about that a lot we talk about the journey but it really has to sink in i think it took me a really long time to understand it on a molecular level so to say on a cellular level that this journey was a reality and that it's not just a concept that we speak out and say to make us feel better in a moment, but that that's actually the tool to embrace the journey rather than constantly being on the lookout for some future kind of release. So actually being where you are, acknowledging where you are, and then just accepting that it's one stage and that there will be. Mm -hmm. The other thing, of course, the research shows us is that there is a time when you're through the majority of that trauma. And that's the exciting thing is that even when you're processing, you are in the midst of it and you're, you're sitting with it, what, what you have right now, there is a research showing that if you just keep on putting one step in front of the other, there will be that eventual time when you're through it. It's amazing. You know, I, I wrote the book EFT for PTSD about mm -hmm. five years ago, Miriam, and I read it. I read a section of it for a presentation to some veterans recently. And I was thinking, wow, in five years, I've changed so much. And so we look back and we realize we have and we can then really move through the healing journey. 
and come to that place of completion. Yes, that is that is a crazy thing. If you realize that at a certain point where you where you have this narrative of trauma of yourself that you constantly repeat and repeat and repeat, and you yeah. but you keep doing the work, and then you and you keep tapping and you t- keep releasing and doing therapeutic whatever therapeutic modalities you want to choose, and then all of a sudden you have someone maybe in front of you like Dawson Church who is like tune in with your tune in with your body and st- let's let's check where that trauma still is let's check with your nervous system and you're checking in and there there's this point when you're like it's not there i can't find it the narrative was still there and there's somewhat of a memory and maybe there's even a physical memory that somehow lingers that may still need some time but there's it's actually gone and this is a this is crazy if this happens this is <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I, I sometimes feel a big void in, inside where those emotions used to be oh i used mm-hmm. to feel that way oh that used to trigger me oh how interesting there's just this mm-hmm. big empty space where that all that used to be yes and it's often sometimes it happens with my clients too and they're they're like but what do i do now what do i fill this void with what do i fill this space with and then like you know <laughs> it's such a, it's such a beautiful point to witness also. So to go back further in your personal journey, why do you think mm-hmm. it is that abuse and higher states of consciousness, spirituality, masters, why are these two so often interwoven? That's an interesting question. So there's obviously there's a number of answers to that. But I think one answer is actually an answer that, that you provided to me last week when we had a conversation and you said that once you reach a certain point when you're just not in your local mind, when you're just in this elevated state of consciousness and awareness and enlightenment, there may be a point when you start to lose contact with your physical being and your empathy and your emotions. And and you don't realize that your ego still, you know, still has a say and is kind of wanting to create a mode of control and institutionalization. And I think it's a state of confusion sometimes that happens. And the other level or aspect of this answer is that I do believe that, and we do see this in history with, you know, the greatest masters, the greatest examples, is that I believe that we may have to go through suffering and trauma to to reach a certain point, to reach a certain point of enlightenment. And by that I mean to to realize that in your local physical body that you that your spirit has chosen, we can we can realize that the trauma and the suffering we have gone through is actually turning into a boon, into a blessing, into a superpower that we can use in this life to share our gift and to grow as a soul, as a spirit, and as a human being at the same time. So, and I think that's also the crucial point for me in my healing journey and what I do with what I want for my clients is that they at some point feel that their trauma has become a blessing, has become a boon, has become their own special superpower that that their spirit has provided them and that their I'm, spirit shows also. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about how I see that now and how I saw it many years ago. I used to look back at being traumatized when I was a child and think, how could people have done that to me? And I, I so wish I hadn't uh, had to live through that. And I, I used mm-hmm. to have such regret at the scars I carried from it. But from much of my life, I remember doing gestalt therapy classes in the 1980s, 1990s, and thinking, you know, I've got this huge, I felt like I was buried under like a mountain of, of trauma and 
disappointment and despair and, and, and overwhelm and anxiety. And it's like, I had to dig myself out through this mountain, through, you know, therapy session by therapy session. And it's taking years and years and years. And if only this hadn't happened. And so that was my, remember my, my frame back then. And also being angry at the people who did those things to, not just to me. I mean, they, were, they weren't just targeted to me. They were just unconscious people harming everyone who got within the sound of their voice or the, the slap of their hand. And so I used to have so much anger and regret about all that. And when, you, when you're through it, you're right. It becomes your superpower. One thing that gives you empathy. You realize when people are experiencing that, you have deep empathy because you know what it, how terrible it is to, to carry that around with you. And then you get to the point where you're grateful that it was the fuel for developing resilience. You learn to change. You decided not to be that way anymore. And you heal. And when you are healed, even if you don't heal till you're 55 or 75, you then get to this point of real appreciation for your past. Mm -hmm. It's like it took all those experiences to wake me up and bring me to where I am now. So uh, when you look back at it later on, which you know you're, you're now doing that that this cool then neuroscience perspective taking, you can look at yourself from above, look at your experience from a transcendent perspective, and then you say, "Wow, I not only survived, but it, that gave me the 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 urge to seek." healing and then move through and move to this new mm -hmm. levels. It's, it's remarkable that it does then come to the point where we see it as a gift rather than as a curse. Absolutely. Absolutely. I too, I remember very much this point, um, just cursing everyone who had hurt me and and, yeah. and being, lo being locked and re really being locked in this, you know, buried under this pain and small and stuck in smallness and in trauma and reactivity, just being like a reactive, like just reactive. It's, and yeah, I very much, I very much can relate to what you just said. You know, I've heard about ancestral healing. I've been on a guest on some ancestral healing summits. And so I've never really taken it that seriously. It's like, I mean, how, how, how do you go? I mean, your parents is one thing and maybe your grandparents, but you need to go further back. So I did a fun, fun I was on a meditation retreat, Miriam and I, I decided I'm going to go back and I'm going to just, I know who my ancestors were going back. And so I'm going to go back a long way along the path, like go back to my great, 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 great grandfather and uh, grandmother and uh, and just be in a space of appreciation for them. And I did that. And it was, it was such a powerful experience for me because it felt to me as though I was letting go all these energy patterns of frustration and disappointment that had been hanging around in the family for a long, long, long time. And when I let go of them, it was like my whole timeline breathed a big sigh of relief. So for me, it was a very powerful experience to, to think, you know, think yes. back and, and do that, that release and no longer be holding those ancestors in such with so, so much anger and frustration and and uh you know just all, all the stuff they've done. We're gonna take a break yes. right now, but please stay tuned. We'll have more on trauma, spirituality, and healing. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. My guest is Miriam Paninsky. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church, and I'm so grateful you're here and you're filling your mind with positive ideas, positive thoughts, positive energy. My guest today is Miriam Paninsky, and she'll be guest hosting this show for a number of upcoming episodes. So please tune in for Miriam as host, as well as today for Miriam as guest. So the whole idea of ancestral healing that we can not only be healing ourselves, but then healing our timeline is a powerful one. How else is this showing up for you in your work and practice? 
Yeah. So we are also, I want to say, we are not just healing this for our timeline backwards. We're also healing that for our children, right? So this is also, this is a very important aspect of this. And so how this is showing up, it is, it's very interesting because I think I can very much relate to what you said about you having your reservations when it comes to ancestral healing. And I, I believe I very much did as well until there was a certain appearance of receptivity, I can only call it, that started happening for me about two years ago, you know, after having gone through all these, you know, various stages of healing and having embraced my healing and my spiritual connection and, and the seeking of this connection as my priority. And I had, you know, I had something in my childhood that was called an imaginary friend, which by now I know is not an imaginary, and that in fact, she was very real, and she was some angelic presence or some spirit guide and then also I remember later in my teens early teens seeing energies and seeing kind of blockages in people's chakras and presences in rooms but then there was more trauma happening so as we just talked about it just got buried underneath all of this trauma and then um, about two years ago all of us these energies appeared again and I just noted them for myself so I, I didn't speak much about it so it took me a little bit longer to accept that this receptivity which I believe all of us have to a certain I, I believe all of us have them have this kind of receptivity but I had to accept this as a gift that I needed to use to help people and as I did that information started to unfold while I was working with people with clients like all of a sudden I saw unconscious or pre-conscious contracts that we made with maybe caregivers, maybe already like pre-conscious, even in utero, I saw possible agreements that our spirits may have, have made. I, I saw the, the lineage that this was coming from. So I saw more and more of these ancestral generational bonds. And I knew that this information came up because their system, my client's system was ready to release it, release those bonds. And I understood that it was my purpose to, to use this as an instrument, to be an instrument, to become an instrument, to help people clear those traumatic bonds, bonds that start on a very non-material level, on an emotional or spiritual level, and become very material when they manifest in our bodies and our nervous systems and our relationships and so on. And then these bonds and these blockages, whatever word you want to use for them, they, they block us from feeling connected and from unconditionally loved and yeah, so it that's that's how this kind of that's how this kind of happened and the tool I used for always was EFT. And yeah, so this is like how it kind of how it kind of um happened and yeah, um the stages are basically that you have to and that's why EFT is such a powerful tool because it does bring you in touch with your not just with your nervous system, but that you can start to get in touch with your inner child, that you can start having an unconditionally loving, compassionate relationship with yourself, with your inner child, that you can create an awareness of your narratives and the physical response, this, uh, the psychological patterns. And with this deep inner child work, you make sure that your child feels absolutely safe. And this enables a deep connection of unconditional love for you and compassion for yourself. And then you can start clearing those bonds and you can you can start working on on an ethereal level and it's all client led you know i'm 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 guiding but it's very much led by the clients and the client's readiness to clear this share a story of a client who did and what happened for them mm. so recently i worked with with someone um and she's a very 
she, you know, she's worked on herself for, for a long time, very, very aware person, a very skilled meditator. And she, all of a sudden, she said she felt in her meditation that whenever she was entering a really steep state of meditation, all of a sudden, she couldn't breathe anymore. All of a sudden, her breath, her, her breath was stopping and she felt like she was, she was drowning. And we, um, we entered, um, the session and then, I saw that this was happening from her her mother's line. And I saw a, a Japanese um, toddler in the 1900s. And I saw this toddler underwater. And I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her I saw this because I didn't also want to project. And I, I never want to project on clients. And I believe that their information will also, you know, that the information will also work on, on different levels but she then told me that she had talked to her mother and that her mother said that as a toddler in Japan growing up in Japan one of the punishment methods that was used was by by sticking the, the their kid their their heads underwater and and then it was happening then later when my client was a kid there was a scene when her mother almost choked on a turkey bone and we figured out that at that moment, and she was so scared for her mother's life, for her mother's safety, that there was some sort of energetic transfer that happened at this point. And so, you know, with this deep inner child work and going there and going where this kind of this information settled, where this information manifested in her body, we were able to clear it. And, and then uh, once you fit yeah. it, how, how did that feel? What did that look like? First of all, there was a huge, she just felt hu a huge release. She didn't even know that that was, she didn't even know that she carried that within her for, for, for that long. But it looked, it looked like in that moment, it just looked like, you know, a well of, of tears and a physical release. She was able to breathe again. And it had such a huge ripple effect on her, on her life in a sense of like feeling, feeling this, this, this freedom that she didn't even know that was possible to have and was really powerful to see it was really powerful to see it's wonderful to work with people and see those shifts right before your very eyes and yeah. it's one of the most gratifying things about being a, an EFE practitioner we're going to go to a break right now but please stay tuned you're listening to high energy health my name is Dawson Church I'm chatting today with Miriam Beninsky and come back we'll be gone for a few moments for a break then with you again Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and each week on the show, we explore the leading edge of health, healing, and happiness. We also focus on tools you can use and apply in your own life. The two big ones that we teach at the universe are meditation and tapping, and the research on both shows they can make a dramatic difference to your levels of health and well-being. You can download the free EFT mini manual at the website tappinggift.com and then turn to the back page EFT on one page experience yourself and you'll feel better usually in a few minutes so do go to tappinggift.com download the free manual and apply that in your own life the crucial thing isn't just listening and being inspired to people like me and Miriam the crucial thing is actually using these tools and using them on a daily and consistent basis Miriam, I'm also really curious about the whole relationship of trauma healing to spirituality. So initially mm -hmm. in your life, they were linked together as you were growing up. And it's even in people who aren't in a spiritual community, 
often it's the people in their families who are also the people who are hurting them. So not only do I need you, you're my caregiver, my parent, you're my emotional support system, and I'm being hurt by you. So we, we grow up with this interweaving of love and abuse. Many of us do just routinely. And then you had this remarkable shift where you learn to heal all of that trauma using EFT and you felt those shifts. You realized they weren't just affecting your ancestors or affecting your children and subsequent generations as well. What then changed about spirituality and your spiritual practice for you after that? Oh, yes, Dawson. What you talk about is this confusion. It's such a, you know, you're going through such a state, uh, stage of confusion where you just like really also like, you know, you're kind of talking to the divi divine as in kind of like saying you are supposed to be my protector and here I am at your feet and I'm I'm receiving this <laughs> this pain and this this abuse so I really like I also definitely went through a state where I was pushing this away very much where I was kind of resenting it and where I was like I this is not this is not safe it's, it's not safe and, and why you know why why believe in a in a god in a divine presence when when all there is is there, there is this suffering but and I think and I think what is attached to that is you lose the capacity to receive to receive love and to receive nourishment and to receive messages and and i think that's where it started all again with like the 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 trauma healing little by little in this journey made me be open to receive again and that also you know that of course you go through a lot of grief doing that so you 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 grieve you grieve, grieve with your with your little child with your inner child you own you acknowledge you honor all of all of this pain all of this hurt and by doing that you all of a sudden notice that you're receiving again and that that love or whatever it is that you come that is coming in at that point is something that is possibly more powerful than you and yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you feel, you feel that influx of love coming in again yes little by little little by little you come you become receptive again and you yeah and it's really i mean it's 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 this moment that is also beyond words where where you all of a sudden feel feel a presence feel a love that does not because all of these years you thought these all of this love and this presence will have to be provided externally and you're you're seeking but of course your pattern only allows you to stay in abusive relationships and all you get is like just a reconfirmation re of what you already know that it's not safe to to receive but you still you know it's the kind of the the repetition compulsion you just stay within within those fears but when once you kind of have a take a glimpse and EFT is really powerful for you to with a start to take a glimpse at what is possible other than that to interrupt that pattern that repetition compulsion even if it's just for a minute even if it's just for a little moment where where you all, all of a sudden see wow that's a different that's a different story that's a different energy than what i was used to for all these years and then you realize it comes from it comes from within and the power of healing is nothing that is externally provided, but that is there as a setting already, already there. It's just been buried. And, and these moments become more and more. Yeah, we realize this within, we cultivate them, we grow them, we pay attention to them, we fill our consciousness with them, we magnify them, and gradually mm -hmm. they do expand and become our whole consciousness. And you know, for me, it's amazing, yeah. having been basically a very unhappy person early in my life, to wake up every morning just really blissful, then to go through the day happy, go to bed happy, 
it's it's like a miracle if you haven't been happy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are just it's an incredible, in, incredible example of that. You're just <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the, you know, the, 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 you're right. Those moments are small initially, and then if you really focus on them, pay attention to them, and then grow that ability in your consciousness, and then in your body, and your mind, and your emotions, that it it really reaches a tipping point, and then you you just your whole view of the world shifts and then nothing's the same after that so mm. it's it's powerful and then as far as your spiritual practice goes what does it look like now Miriam so I try basically meditation is is a practice definitely a very crucial part of my day tapping and meditation I very much I very much strive on on, on getting up early before my kids if I can but it's sometimes difficult with two little kids with a four-year-old you never know what their what their sleep pattern is like but but if I can and now you know being on a journey also with you and your new program it's very much kind of my priority to get up in the morning and meditate first thing in the morning when we are most most receptive and also end the day the day in meditation and you know sometimes when we're you know we're still in a journey and sometimes we cannot sit down and meditate right away and then EFT is just such a great dimmer switch it really functions as this dimmer switch where you're just like okay what is what is in a in, in what is in the way now for me to to meditate and you just you just tap and you tap and you release and pay attention and compassion and love to your suffering self release your suffering self and find meditation again so yeah meditation is very important but it's it's really also like implementing the spiritual practice in your in your daily life when you're driving when you're walking somewhere to just really expand these moments of connectedness to as a daily habit is really is really important for me yeah initially it's in the meditation hour the meditation half hour and what we find in brain research is it then spreads the rest of your life well, we're going to take a break right now. Please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and please do join me every week to Fill your mind with more inspiring ideas and practical tools. My guest today is Miriam Beninsky, and she's been sharing about this interplay of using tools to heal trauma, and then also moving to these spiritual states, really having a spiritual practice that is supported by the release of trauma and where you go from that point on. So Miriam, how does this then affect your daily life? What's happened in terms of your relationships, like with your husband, your children, people around you in academia. Uh, how does this change the outer life of Miriam? <laughs> oh, yeah, academia. <laughs> academia is, 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 can be a challenging place, especially when it comes to spirituality. And it's, it's also, it's, especially in the humanities, where there's already so much thought on the spirit and philosophy to to stay to stay with yourself and stay stay centered so yeah what has changed is really first of all your your reactivity just goes down you just you know that first you notice you and it's not perfect you know of course if you have also have little children that uh, throw a tantrum it's not it I'm, I'm not a perfect mother and I'm not I'm not always uh, my centered self when I when I react um, to them, when we should have left the house already 15 minutes ago, and my my 
four-year-old is still trying to find the fifth toy that he wants to bring on a trip and tries to, <laughs> tries to, tries to get on his it, his gloves even though it's warm outside and what, whatever whatever it is but yeah definitely it's it your reactivity just slows down you do not take other people's reactions so personal and this is especially important if you are in an institution like an academic institution a very high achieving academic institution where your work is always seems to be personal and where you always um seem to to need to defend yourself on a, not just on a professional level but on a personal level but to not take this this personal when people are reactive or are in a mode where they may seem to be attacking but develop a compassion for them you see you see them and you see all of a sudden you don't see them anymore but you really see their hurt child you look at them and you just see you're just so you're just I have so much compassion for them all of a sudden and this also goes for the relationship no of course you know we know probably no one will trigger you as much as both your parents and your your spouse <laughs> so but but this really and also my my husband is 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 deeply committed to his spiritual practice and we have both both entered the relationship years and years ago as wounded children. But as we practice this much more, there's much more space, first of all, for creative solutions that come in that we can create and create space to have compassion for each other, hold space for the other one's pain, hold space for the other one's, for what the other one is really trying to say behind accusation and judgment. And it's so hard to receive accusation and judgment, especially when it's in the relationship. But when you have, when you can again interrupt this circle for a second and just try to see this this other person whoever this may be whether this is your husband or your your the person at work they are just suffering at the moment and i can hold i can give consciously self-sacrifice myself for a minute to hold space for this compassion and for their suffering and for their pain so i think this is like this is the major thing this is that that has changed in my life so much it's a whole different view of the other person to see them as suffering and hold them in compassion rather than saying, oh, this is accusation, resentment, anger, blame directed at me and take it personally. So it just changes your entire framing and makes it possible. I love that idea you have of space. You produce inner space in the relationship for something new to happen. And of course, when you do that, something new does happen. <laughs> it does. It really does. It really does. Yeah, things open up. And so what have you found most opening up for you lately in your life, both personally and professionally? So definitely, definitely on the one side, the aspect of the relationship with my husband has lately really gone from from reactivity into, as I as we just said, you know, into holding that space for each other, not trying to fix the other person, not trying to change the other person, but just being there. And that, that it's a really powerful place to be in to say, I do not have to take this personal. I do not have to, I do not have to react, give this some space. And the other thing is, of course, the beautiful development with EFT Universe, with you, with my practice, you know, the, the gift I'm finally ready. To, and, and how this is also like how this is more and more an integrative part of my, of my PhD research before this has been kind of separated, almost seems like my 
my brain research itself had to be very separate, very detached from my spiritual self. And now these two sides have actually are actually more and more integrating with each other. And again, you are such a good example of that too. But you have to feel it, you have to experience it to see that it's possible. And so yeah, these are the two aspects that have really have really changed tremendously. And of course, also motherhood and with my, you know, how how the relationship to my children is just blooming beautifully as I also hold space for their emotion and as I'm I'm able to do it and as I don't need to go into the constant, you know, as 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 parents, as mothers, we are constantly in this reactive mode of of I want to fix it because we can't bear our child's suffering. That's like the one thing we don't want. We can't bear our child's suffering. So but to actually pause for a moment and and hold space for that is actually that that's actually part and the beginning of their healing where the relationship can become healing rather than again suppressing and and putting their emotions somewhere stuffing them somewhere and starting there and so these are these are really the aspects which have which i right now notice are just beautiful and community i accept healing communities now i'm in a beautiful in a beautiful um, mastermind meditation community again community because of my you know kind of cultish spiritual community background i had it was it was hard for me for a long time I'm to to accept people in my life, to accept the community and the nourishment of a community. All of a sudden, this is possible again in the last year. So yes, this is this is what it is. So all these things change on the outer levels as the inner, inner, inner level changes. I'm so thrilled to have that perspective and just witness this amazing interplay of your inner and outer life and how everything's shifting. And of course, everything now will shift for your future and for your children's future as well. So you're an inspiring example, Miriam. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh, thank you, Dawson. Thank you so much. And things come back next week, come back week after week and just immerse your awareness in the wonderful messages, wonderful ideas, wonderful practices we share with you here at High Energy Health. Thanks again. I'm signing off and we'll see you again next week.